Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hi there, Julian here, and this episode is part two of my conversation with archetypal astrologer Sean Nygaard of Imagine Astrology. And you know how it is when you get into it with a really good friend and you just have to dive deep on topics, and that's exactly what we did specifically around the upcoming Saturn in Capricorn conjunct Pluto, because that is some deep and interesting stuff. So as our conversations go, we talked about all kinds of things, pop culture, race, how we are doing what we're supposed to be doing here in the world and how we can support each other in doing that. So I love this conversation and I hope you do too. So enjoy it and stay until the end because Sean is giving away a very cool lecture. So if you're listening to this mid-March to mid-April, get on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and enter. Hope you enjoy the show. Aloha. Hello, Sean. Welcome back. Hello. (laughs) Hello. So this is Archetypal Tarot Podcast meets Imagine Astrology for what we're calling, I'm just going to call it some scary shit, but um, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me being crass, but fascinating. And in the like two minutes that we had between recording the end of the last podcast and this one, I was really thinking, oh, I understand. Yeah, we'll put it out for patrons only. But I'm like, yeah, I can't do that because it really is such interesting and I think important information that I can't bogart it and just hold it for the patrons because we only have like a <laughs> dozen of them. Um, so I'm I'm going to be Torian in my generosity <laughs> or whatever you call it <laughs> to say, no, 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 I'll put this out. I think I'll put it out maybe a week or two later just to give people mm-hmm. some time to, to digest. But um, we have to talk about some shit here and it's essentially Saturn and Capricorn. I'd love to kind of get your overview of what that is but then also we, the the conjunct pluto will be happening and you said two years so it's just take it away sean i'm infinitely fascinated by this <laughs> and um I, I have a feeling our audience will be too okay yeah i mean thank you for you know giving me a chance to do this and normally i teach this in you know recently i did an hour-long talk so it's kind of ramping up to that instead of just diving into it. But I will say with Saturn and Capricorn, you know, Saturn is a planet of responsibility and maturity of a particular kind. And it does relate to like physical reality, you know, as opposed to psychic reality. But all of the planets, when we talk archetypes, have archetypal reality, you know, for sure. But, you know, there's something about Saturn that because it has to do with mortality and limits and, you know, just a ton of things, you know, I like to focus right now with Saturn and Capricorn on the word sober. Mm. Because sober, sober means, um, you know, I have it. Hang on one second here. Um, Sober means appropriately solemn, serious, and not giddy. 
So there's something about the times we're in that can start to take on that quality. And if you think of the songs that I listed, The End of the Innocence and Oh Father and Woman in Chains, you know, which is a beautiful lament, you know, it's like, it, you know, it's an intimidating title, but it's a beautiful song. But, you know, there's nothing giddy about these and they're very, it's very serious stuff. And there's something about when you take seriousness seriously, you know, not only that, but it's just really amazing. And it's important because Saturn is the mediator between the external world out there and your internal world in here. Because mm-hmm. Saturn, Saturn rules the skin. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got a lot to do with the the balance in your life. And it's going to be different for each person. But it's the balance in your life between how much of your life is pulled toward the external world in terms of responsibilities that tug at you. And how much of your life comes from the inside out where you start with your psyche, you start with your soul. And that's why you're here. And that's what guides you. And I like to put that, you know, as the soul first, you know, because when I call my work, imagine astrology, you know, it was Carl Jung, who said that the primary activity of the soul is to imagine is to fantasize. And it's from the imagination that reality is created. He said the psyche creates reality every day. And so I like to know with people, you know, what's what's inside of you? What are you made of? And so Saturn is the mediator between these two realms. And if you are pulled by an enormously busy schedule, for example, <laughs> um, that's not necessarily working for you, now is a time to reel it in and to start constructing your life and recalibrating your life. So it's more on your terms, you know, and one of the examples that I use when I teach this is Toni Morrison, you know, the author, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the award winner, and she's, you know, cause she was born with Saturn and Capricorn and it was paired up with the planet Venus when she Ooh. was born. And, you know, she's somebody who, I mean, she has this other quote that she says where she says, there is nothing, believe me, more satisfying, more gratifying than true adulthood. And she's somebody who embodies that. And what she does in her life is she embodies, you know, the um, extraordinary power of shutting out the external world, going inside and creating from there, because that's how she writes. That's how she comes up with these extraordinary books that she does. But, you know, as I've been doing research and things, you know, over the years, and I've come back to use Toni Morrison's chart again and again for different things. But with Saturn and Capricorn, she's got Saturn in her chart is opposing tightly the planet Pluto. And so there's this very strong connection in her chart between Saturn and Pluto. And one of the topics that she covers quite a bit in her books is slavery. Slavery. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is just part of my life and awareness, you know, as I've read her books. And, you know, so in doing my research, I was looking at the cycles of Saturn and Capricorn and knowing 
that on um, January, let me find the exact date here, January 12th, 2020, Saturn will be in a conjunction in our sky right now, you know, in 2020 with the planet Pluto. And Pluto in myth is the lord of the underworld. It's like Hades, you know, mm. the ruler. The root change of the dead. too. Pluto <laughs> yeah, is transformation. transformation and change. And Saturn is a planet, you know, that's kind of the stern taskmaster, as well as everything that I previously said. You know, there's a lot to each planet. And just to back up for a second, you know, Saturn is the planet of melancholy and depression. <laughs> Which, which sounds horrible, right? Like, you know, why do we want to be talking about this? But, you know, Saturn in Capricorn, um, in Saturn moved into Capricorn in, uh, you know, at the start of the Great Depression. And I don't think that that's an echo of what we're having right now. But, you know, every time Saturn moves into Capricorn, there's a shift into something more serious. And you know, that's the realm that we're in right now. But what was really interesting in my research, and I brought up the issue of melancholy and depression, because, you know, one of the primary functions of depression is the move inward. You know, Toni Morrison almost seeks that out so that she can move inward. She doesn't mind not being busy. She doesn't mind not having a huge ton of things to do on her plate because she needs that to be able to get to that state of mind that goes inward. And Saturn was the planet most associated in ancient times with the temperament of genius, you know, which isn't high intelligence. It's that ability to connect with your own diamond, to connect with your own um, guiding spirit, you know, and so she would connect with, that sense in herself, that creative source, and come out with these books. And so depression is a big thing with this, um, in the sense of that move inward, into the psyche, into something not literal. And so, you know, it was interesting to look at this upcoming Saturn conjunction with Pluto, and to, you know, do the pull up my charts and to see when that has happened before. And it happened, the last time it happened was January 3rd, 1518. So this is, as of right now, 500 years ago. Wow. You know, 500, 502 years ago. And the reason I think that's significant is that, you know, when you have a birthday, that's the return of the sun to where it was when you were born. And we celebrate that. <laughs> and when Saturn returns when you're when you're 29 years old or so mm. you know that's a earmark in somebody's <laughs> life that's a that's significant time oh, in yeah. someone's life and so things return you know on time and when something hasn't returned for 500 years that packs quite a punch and what's significant is that 500 years ago, that year 1518, is generally understood to be the start of the African slave trade. Uh. And I know people go, uh. uh. <laughs> and when I've I've been talking about this for a couple of years now, you know, approaching this, and you know, That's anytime I can talk people, about this, in my ears, it's still relatively new, and I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh. But any anybody anybody I've told, it's like. Their jaw drops, well, yeah, you know, or like, their breath. Their well, breath goes. Oh, 
you know. It's, but, it's symptomatic, I think, of, of, of an arc that we're seeing more now. And that is the, there's so much that's been underneath that is being brought to light that it really is too much for a lot of people. Exactly. You know, it's, and it is the Me Too movement, you know, Black Lives Matter, all of these things for a lot of people. I mean, I think you have to be incredibly introspective, um, humble, uh, flexible, you know, I mean, just, just to be able to take it in. The many, many people are not able to take it in. The the reality of how we have consciously or unconsciously treated the other. And that when you're when you're talking about uh, you know, echoes of the slave trade in five hundred years, it in one sense it's like, oh God, I we fucking can't take anymore. But at the same time, what it could also be is like a an opening, an opening to some realizations that can't be thrown back under the under the rug, you know? Right. And and that's, you know, for me, it's easier easier to talk about because I spent, you know, my my entire twenties, you know, and a little bit before that and a bit after that, you know, um, doing this kind of work, looking at these kinds of issues. Mm. And so it's just been a part of my life, you know, for decades now. And you know, what I really like why I brought up Toni Morrison is because she's hooked into this cycle. You can tell by what her books are about mm -hmm. and you can tell by how the approach that she takes and the seriousness with which she approaches it. And one of the things she refers to in one interview is what she calls the master narrative. She's talking with Bill Moyers and she mentions this and he's like, what is that? What, what the master narrative? And she says, the master narrative is whatever ideological script is being imposed by the people in authority on everybody else. Mm. The, ma the master fiction, history, it has a certain point of view. And I love this because that's the way that I've started to look at this 500-year cycle is if we're talking about the African slave trade and we're, you know, which founded this country <clears throat> and we're thinking about the, you know, the imperialism and the colonialism, colonialism. and the, the move West that, you know, is the underpinnings of the entire foundation of this country, you know, step foot on land and start killing people so oh, that we can take snap. over and, you Columbus. know, things like that. And what's that? I said Columbus, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but 1518, oh, no, this is just hitting a huge chord with me. It basically is the beginning, the birth of the whole idea that there is a race. There are races. There's only one mm -hmm. race. The reality is there's only one, but we, the, that, that master narrative of the fact that there are different races, not just yeah. like white and black, but different races and that there's some this this whole cockamamie like like hierarchy i mean we understand that the the hierarchy is i understand that it's not real but it's real you know it is real it's, because it's, people have decided it's real and they live in that space and they don't want to they don't want to leave that space because for a lot of reasons yeah. it's complex and but i mean wow. it, it provides it provides a structure i mean it's an archetypal pattern it's a pattern and it's very it's very power. <laughs> yeah it's very connected to saturn and Capricorn. And when Saturn and Pluto join up, it's an earmark of empire. 
You know, so it's it, it carries that much pack with it, that much power with it. And, you know, with, with Pluto and Capricorn, it entered Capricorn in 2008. And one of the reasons that I think, you know, when I look at this, why we're seeing the culture shift toward the alt-right mm. authoritarianism at the same time that Black Lives Matter and um, the issues of race have come up and started bubbling up even more and more and more and are harder and harder to pack away <clears throat> is because part of Pluto and Capricorn is that it undoes the structures. And like you were saying earlier, you know, that word transformation, it's like the policies and that master narrative that's built into the structures of our government and the mm -hmm. institutions of the country can no longer support the master narrative. And so as that comes, as that unravels and it unwinds and it starts to come undone, you know, it can no longer hold these policies in it, it tightly. And so this is the time, and this is why I think it's so exciting to talk about, is that this is the time to shift 500 years of history in, in such a way that you can't go back to the way that it was. Of course, these are huge things, and so they don't just shift overnight. Mm. But that's why I, I like to teach this in a longer arc because, you know, in a longer time period of a couple of hours, at least, because I can really get at, you know, the symbolism of Capricorn and, you know, the signs around it and how this is really a rather incredible time that we're living in to watch this, you know, this come apart, this thing that's been here for 500 years you know, um, that's been driving things, that's been driving what we don't know, you know, what's taught in history in schools typically and all oh, that. Geez. But, yeah. but we, we can look around and see all of this start to shift now. And, you know, you were talking about the different races and Toni Morrison, you know, on cue, because <laughs> she's just tied into this. She did these Norton lectures at Harvard and she talked about otherness and she talked about romancing slavery. And she says this extraordinary thing that you almost have to hear in context and you almost have to hear because, it, you know, she says, what is race but genetic imagination? Mm. And she can say we're all one race, but, you know, you don't want to go too quickly to we're all one race because it skips over all of the significant differences in cultures. And backgrounds, which are part of what I, you know, think is so extraordinary and vital and important. But what is race but genetic imagination? Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? It Isn't is that brilliant? brilliant. And I think, I think that is uh, that is part of that is part of the um, difficulty, the struggle, what have you, is is because there's this constructed idea of race that made things about race that ignores the cultural. Right. Or it, or it pulls mm -hmm. it along in little pieces and it's used as stereotypes and all these things. But it basically belies the really uh, experience and understanding of cultures because everything mm -hmm. got attached to race and that got attached to power and that there's always somebody on top and that person was always going to be white. And so this whole like even whiteness is a lie. 
you know, like any different race is, is, is incorrect. And that's a tough nut for a lot of people to, to crack. And it's pretty easy to look back in most people's history primers, probably more so of, of people older than us, but I'm pretty sure I recall in third or fourth grade learning in some book that there was the mongoloid, the negroid and the, you know, the caucasoid or whatever. I mean, it's just completely made up bullshit. But like, you know, mm-hmm. your kids, you're taught, the teacher says this, you know, and, you know, you don't, I don't remember looking around in the class and thinking, oh, they're different races. It was more like, it's this thing, but it's been so completely baked into everything. And then mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah. Yeah. not going to be unraveled. There is something that it's, this is, I, I love this conversation, but I'm, I'm also holding it in a way that like, shit's going to be difficult people. And that's kind of what you're yeah, saying. Well, it's, it's building to something and hopefully uh, to me anyway, this is my opinion that consciousness and a breaking out of this idea of the separateness, not easy, but kind of the only way we can go at this point. And there, I mean, it's, I, I like to talk about this stuff because I like difficult things like that. I mean, I find them incredibly interesting. And, you know, when you think of the, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that it's difficult times. And particularly when we look at the emergence of dystopias. Oh, God, yeah. We can see, you know, that it's the Saturn-Pluto conjunction as it's getting closer and closer. And part of why... I mean, it's very... At its worst, it's the Handmaid's Tale. And and it's, it's... you know, because these are the imaginings of what em- what I think emerge from this master narrative. You know, yeah. these are the these are the, the it could go this route, and that would be that would really suck. <laughs> but there's you know there's people like Juno Diaz who you know look at the global at the global dystopias and encourages people to think like this and to come up with the stories because they are another archetypal way of recognizing what the psyche is up to and seeing, you know, what kind of hope we can pull from these things. But, you know, it, it does fit into the greater symbolism of Capricorn because if you think about it, you know, the start of Capricorn is the start of winter and it's the start it's it signifies the winter solstice, which happens to be the longest, darkest night of the whole year, right? And so as as planets move through Sagittarius, there everything is just increasing in darkness and it's ramping up to that longest, darkest night. But what's significant here is that, you know, once Saturn and Pluto pair up in 2020 and then start moving you know on from there what you have is the slow and steady increase of light and i i i i like to find the things that offer a genuinely hopeful perspective because I don't feel like I'm not an empty, hopeful person. <laughs> I don't like to just oh, offer absolutely. hope for the heck of it, you know, because right. there, it's got to be there. I like to recognize, and this is what I find so extraordinary, is that 
you know, Capricorn does announce the longest, darkest night. And after that point, you start the steady increase of light, the steady emergence of new life. And I really go into this when I teach this, but do you see what I mean? How I'm talking about the way the sun moves, but it the symbolism applies to any planet in moving through the zodiac. It follows these things. And, you know, I just think there's just something so amazing about the fact that it may be slow, but every little step has an incremental increase of light. And I, I think that's hopeful. And we'll start to be, I think we, now is the time to imagine. Now is the time, like at night, to dream. Now is the time to wonder. And I think it's very difficult to because what comes up is these dystopias or what comes up is some really difficult stuff. But that's what I like to look at. That's what I like to look at with people. You know, it's a lot of the difficult stuff. And, you know, what life starts to emerge as the light starts to emerge with the symbolism of these planets. You know, there's something I'm that I'm really paying attention to. And how long, um, how long is Capricorn or Saturn in Capricorn? Saturn's in Capricorn for about three years. Okay. So it moves into Aquarius uh, later in 2020. Later in 2020. Okay. No, no, no. This yeah. is, no, it's really, really good, and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by a couple of things. Um, as we were talking about in the previous podcast, uh, the preponderance of our superhero films, and the mm-hmm. most recent ones being, by and large, a African American cast or African yeah, black exactly. cast. I thought then, of that when you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, oh goodness, you know. And actually, a friend of mine is is was in the film and is doing all the red carpet stuff. So. I'm in his feed, so I'm seeing a lot of stuff he's posting, and I'm just, you know, I get I get goosebumps because it's, it's mm-hmm. it's just like having attention that's not it's just the superhero <laughs> attention of of a group of people who have long you know had um, not been represented, and it's not just celebrating that, but just like the the true like let's all go see these movies because I mm-hmm. am bereft having grown up in the United States. And haven't had examples, uh, such a wide example of people, diversity, um, and, and, you know, entire shows that are mostly made up of people who don't look like me. Like, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but I, I realize I've got the privilege to feel that way. But, like, mm-hmm. can we have more of this? Can we just keep showing that the strength of each other, the, you know, interesting? And, and I really yeah. get annoyed when people go, oh, Star Wars is far too diverse now. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like just just sit down, just sit down. Yeah, I mean it's funny when it when it comes to the human looking diversity because when you think of the diversity of aliens in Star Wars, you know, know. it doesn't lack diversity, but it just becomes we want more of that. But then when it comes human, it becomes controversial. You know, exactly. Do you wanna do you wanna hear? This takes a little bit to to spin out, but you know that the extraordinary Black Panther thing. Yeah. This is this is how deep archetypal symbolism goes. And when when James Hillman recognizes archetypes as the deepest, the deepest patterns of psychic functioning, okay. it's like I think this is what he's getting at is I've spent a lot of time looking at um, the cosmology or the astrology of ancient Babylonia. 
So we're talking, you know, three or four thousand years ago. You know, like you do. And <laughs> and they didn't have they didn't have Capricorn or Sagittarius or anything like that. They just had the constellations. But they did have the goatfish, the mergoat, which is Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And then they had a centaur, which is like what we call Sagittarius, except their centaur was it had wings and it had two heads. So it had like a human head looking forward and an animal head facing backward. Mm. And the symbolism of this was that for them, everything began at the winter solstice and ended at the winter solstice. So we talk about Aries as the start of the Zodiac because it's spring and it's light and all that. But for ancient Babylonia, it was the winter solstice was the beginning and end of everything. And so as the centaur becomes the focus at that time of year approaching the winter solstice, they considered that to be the opening of the gates of the underworld. And it was the centaur's job with his bow and arrow to guide all of the recently deceased souls through the gates into the underworld so that they could enter the afterlife and go up and be with the other souls in the Milky Way. You know, it was just this beautiful imagery, but it had the bow and arrow to kind of fend off demons who would kind of get in the way and hamper, you know, these souls getting into the underworld. But I just kept studying this, and I was like, there's something really fascinating going on here. So now, that was the recent time with Saturn and Sagittarius. And do you remember Beyonce at, was it the Super Bowl, or was it just another football game where she had the halftime show? Mm -hmm. It was the Super Bowl, yeah, because it was in February. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what she did that was so controversial? I I, I saw it. I saw it on little bits of YouTube. I don't watch the Super Bowl, but go ahead. You're not supposed to be political if you're performing at the <clears throat> halftime. Oh, of and course. She had, she had all of her dancers oh, yes, yes, dress yes. up, evoking the Black Panther movement. Yeah, that's right. The the, the Black Panther movement. And now look at the movies that were popular at that time. You had Zootopia, which was all animals, including Black Panthers. You had um, the Jungle Book, and one of like Mowgli, Mowgli's teacher was a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And you had, um, I think at the time, was it the Civil War movie? I think it was um, Captain. Was it Captain America Civil War? Yes. And that was the first one to feature the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So the top three movies at the time I was doing my research of in the world all featured a Black Panther. And Beyonce evoked the Black Panther movement. I happened to go to San Francisco at that time to to do an astrology talk, and a friend took me to Oakland where it happened happened that the Black Panther emerged. And so in doing my research, what I discovered is that, that that animal head of the centaur was a panther head because because the panther was the animal of the lord of the underworld nurgle back then so you've got panthers everywhere 
And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and so to know that the Black Panther movie is coming out now, I think, is the, the great next yeah. step. That. But it's like, you know, that's, I think, how deep the culture works with these archetypes, whether we know it or not. You know, is that it's just evoking these things. And little did I know when I started studying it that it all goes back to ancient Babylonia, you know, which is the Middle East. It's just extraordinary. <laughs> it is. It is. And 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 hopeful too. I think um when mm -hmm. Saturn and Capricorn, my my personal sort of sense of Capricorn or one of the ways I interpret Capricorn is also um, and to, and, Sa and Saturn as well, but the Capricorn people I know that, that embody Capricorn, whether it's applied to their entire life or maybe just one part of it, they're really responsible people, meaning mm -hmm. they're able to respond, right? Yeah. Responsible, you're, it's, it's not just like being responsible, it's just like there's a strength and there's ability, there's a yes, there's an internal yes to mm -hmm. dealing with circumstances as they are. Um, and that, that doesn't mean you're not able to dream and imagine things, but it's, it's really just like, I, if you want to have somebody in your life, you know well, you can rely on to take care of something, come what may, it, get a Capricorn. Because they just tend to be able to deal with stuff. Now on the, the difficult side, the Capricorns, because both of two of my brothers are Capricorns, they are like their ability to be overly responsible <laughs> can, like drive me crazy. But, but I like and that as an you know, overarching theme is we need to take responsibility. We need to be able to see that strength in ourselves to be able to respond to what's happening. And when I, and when I work with people, it's like, I do have to go back to that distinction for, well, first to say, you know, from your brother's point of views, are they being too responsible? And that's where, as an astrologer, I step back and go, you know, that might just be perfect for them. Right. I, you know, I, I can't look at it and say too responsible. Otherwise, I'm putting a little too much of myself in. But the other distinction I need to make is, are people responding to every need in the external world that calls their attention or are they responding to the needs of their own soul and that can be a big distinction for a we lot of people know. well you can know i mean that, about that's another what I've done person with, though you know what i mean about well that's what person. i've done with i i mean in working with people and working with their chart and working with their life when particularly people who for whom i do more than one reading so you can really start to get into things in a, in a deeper way it's like, you know, a lot of times people pulled in the outer world are, are they feel like they can't say no to something or it's not coming from inside and they're trying, you know, part of coming to me for a reading is starting to facilitate that shift because, you know, I think that ability to respond from the inside out is what makes all the difference in the world for people. It's, it's life changing. And, you know, it, and some people it can take, you know, a bit of time to to cal recalibrate that system. But any time that I've worked with people and they do that, it's it's life changing and it's it's amazing because being responsible to one's own soul is really a powerful place to be as we 
you know, as Toni Morrison <laughs> demonstrates so well. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of something you said about um, your working with clients and your, your, your way, your particular flavor of your approach to archetypal astrology is it, it gives people a license to live their own life. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that. That's one of the things that I find so like it, I, you know, little did I know heading into astrology that this would become a big thing is, but, you know, to reminding people that it's, it's your life, you know, actually has become a significant piece of what I do. You know, it's, it's your life, <laughs> you know, and I, I go back to ancient times where, you know, one of the, you know, cause the U S doesn't really have the kind of mythic background, you know, that, awarely that other cultures did and one of my favorite stories from a culture um is it has you know american tribes yeah yeah who have a mythology but but yeah you're right yeah that's it's different (laughs) i'm just saying you know one one of the one culture i i don't know which it was but they have this story that you know before somebody's born you know all, all these souls are hanging out in a tree watching the events of earth you know and when one of the souls sees something that really interests it going down on the planet, you know, it says, ah, that's really interesting to me. And then that soul gets born into the planet to experience that. And what I love about that is it's got this kind of implication that we're here because we want to be here. Yes. And we're here with a purpose to our life. And so when people are really drawn toward their passions, not in a superficial way, but in a way that is like, at the end of the day, this is what they simply can't deny. You know, that's, to me, a very powerful place to live from. But, you know, I just, I love that notion that we're here because we want to be. It's not a punitive thing. It's not a punishment thing. It's not an endless trial of improvement. Yeah, it's like some people it's like earth school and, you know, that's great. But it's like I I like this notion that, you know, we're here because we want to be. And when we trust our passions, you know, in that deep way, you know, I was talking with a friend recently who is having a hard time, you know, have they just gone the wrong way in their life and i was like you know what to do it's like you know what to do when you go into a bookstore you know what you don't buy books that are the wrong books right you don't leave the bookstore with the wrong books you know what you're drawn to and you know what you're good so just go look at your bookshelf and you'll see all of these books that you chose to buy because you had this desire to you know, and you were drawn to that and you were drawn towards the right thing. Now just apply that to your life. You know, you know which directions to go. And the thing is, it just takes a lot of courage to actually go in that direction. You know, and that's, you know, one of the curious things about life. Why is it so hard to live our life? You know, (laughs) so... Oh, no, I, and I think that is just the right place to wrap this up, unless you have something that we didn't hit that we that we we should. hit a we, we hit a lot more than I thought we would. I, so this is great. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and 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 that that the message of uh, living your passion. I mean, and it's it's almost been kind of worn out in a way, or at least among amongst a certain sort of group of of us, but. 
mm. that really understanding that passion isn't always passion is going to be painful sometimes it's going to mm -hmm. be it's going to be a lot of different things there's a lot of thresholds and thresholds i love the symbol of that is it's and i hope that is this 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 the saturn capricorn pluto conjunct thing happening is that it it can be although difficult and painful and confusing but the threshold is related to the word threshing which means you're you're pulling the chaff away from the wheat you're getting to mm. the truth of things and that mm -hmm. thresholds by their very nature are scary sometimes i've appreciated in my life when i've been pushed through them where i didn't have the choice to really walk up through them it was sort of like ah i'm in it because mm -hmm. you know just the you know, procrastination i will ensue but but it that's a it's a brilliant reminder that you know maybe we chose to be here maybe this mm -hmm. is where and when we are supposed to put our thing down you know to do mm -hmm. our thing mm -hmm. and it's it's not really up to anybody else to right. tell us or a magazine or whatever when we get close to that star when we get to, close to that warmth just to keep keep following it Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I think we we all need each other to be doing that, and if more of us do oh, that, yeah. things tend to move smoother and faster, and it lights the candle for other people. It makes a big difference, well. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and good good friends help help keep us pointed back in that direction. And I'm counting for you sure. as one of those, <laughs> Mister Nygaard. Uh, Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we just recorded two podcasts. Cool. Yay for us. All right. I, and I will make sure people are reminded of how to find you, how to book a reading okay. with you, how cool. to follow your blog and all of that. So thank you. You're welcome. No, yeah, I appreciate fabulous. it. Cool. So until next time, I'm going to sign off the show. Thanks again, Sean and Aloha. We know you could have done something else with the last 45-ish minutes of your life, but we are so glad you spent it with us. You can find out more about Sean at his website, imagineastrology.com, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter, and look for the giveaway post where you could win a recording of A Brief Introduction to Archetypal Astrology by Sean Nygaard. So go over there and check that out. We'll post them twice in the next month, and I hope you win. And if you would like to become one of our most favorite people in the world, become a patron. Just visit tiny.cc tarot, and you too could be like these awesome humans. Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, Rash, Christine, Kat, Allie, and Geneva. This podcast is produced by Both End Media, and our theme music is by The Lunar Group.